1: And welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game podcast from the three most handsome men you've never seen. My <laughs> name is Ben, and with me here today is Dave Muscle Shirt Baller Landon.
2: It's hot in here, boys. It's yeah. hot in here. So the 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 pythons are out, as it were.
1: Do you, do you have... Okay, I have two questions that are both related to the shirt. One, is that the same shirt that... Okay, the last time I mentioned... Uh, okay, so... Uh, i never i
2: never buy anything on vacation but i was in like a market in cabo and i saw this and i'm like that looks really comfortable i love the color i bought it now i wear it all the time like it's my like pajama shirt almost but it's hot as balls out so yeah that's
1: why we're wearing my pajama shirt doesn't exist so
2: you just sleep completely naked
1: uh not always completely naked although sometimes but i always sleep without a shirt
0: it's pretty hot same same, same.
1: Yeah. Uh, and also, Brandon, the most glorious flip-flop wear and ginger you've ever seen. Damn. How's it going? You got to call me out like that. I'm doing good. I feel like
0: my feet are able to breathe and that um, they're not constrained by the confines of my uh, uh, modern shoe wear. That hmm. uh, They're free to be spread and uh, in, in, in aerated.
1: Answer you, me so- this. Is it worth getting the freedom to breathe in your feet at the risk of being sent to hell forever. <laughs> well, that I don't believe in. Um just j- just straight off the top let's okay. just nix
0: that. Right. Uh and in in two you were talking about your sock rubbing and you're <laughs> you're starting to create a complex. So between the muscle shirt this is going to be the last time Dave ever wears a muscle shirt. No, he and, will wear it again. And when I did w- this to him before. And it's not a right, muscle it's a, shirt, it's like a tank top. Okay, same thing. Well, you just have the muscles so I just feel like I want to call it the muscle shirt I guess. Oh. I can only see you oh. from
1: like your upper chest up, so I couldn't tell if it was a muscle shirt or a tank top. <laughs> Yeah. so but, sorry, uh,
0: um brandon are you
2: wearing your flip-flops absolutely so you're it upstairs
1: you're upstairs in a
2: carpeted area i thought we decided that this was a faux pas L-
0: not that Dustin's not house, here, not here not uh, here but what i'm trying to say is that <laughs> i literally thought about my shoe wear before coming here because i thought about <laughs> literally ben you've instilled something in me i'm I almost put on socks with sandals, which is almost as offensive. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, I'm not going to let this man get I to me. I have seen not... you do it. Everybody else, Ben's, Ben's behind on the time. There are more sandal wearers potentially in the world than shoe wearers.
1: Well, here's, I... the, here's the thing about sandals or, you know, any, any shoes that expose your feet. There are some people like you, Brandon. You can pull them off. You're fine. Sure. Like sure. Your, your feet are not offensive to me. I'm also not going to take a lot of time to stare at them. You could. I could. And it, it wouldn't be that bad. But thank you. The 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 danger that our society needs to realize about exposed footwear is that the few people like you who it's like that's not offensive comes with the risk of the many times more people who you never want to see their feet or True. even know they exist. True. And I know both of you right now are thinking of one particular person <laughs> with feet you never want to see that we won't talk about
0: oh, anymore. No. I know at least one person's. off the top of my head yeah um
1: and i I want italian sorry for the audience (laughs) sorry for the audience who doesn't understand that reference but just trust me uh there are some individuals who should just never ever expose their feet in front of other people now i'm all about like you know letting your feet breathe and i think it is healthy to not wear socks and shoes all the time uh but not in public Okay, okay there's more of a danger to public health by those few people and they are, there are more bad than good. All I'm saying is, is that you've
0: conditioned something in me. The fact that I thought about it beforehand, yeah. I don't know whether it's good or bad. I'm not, I'm gonna leave it up, up for judgment here, but no, I, I did, I was cognizant of my shoe wear prior to coming to this show today. Sure.
2: sure. I, I haven't like pledged allegiance here, but I have to just put it out there that I'm on team Brandon. I wear sandals outside without socks. Let's go. I have Birkenstocks now too. They were, they were a gift from my wife last year and they, it's like changed my life, but I I will say that like the first time I go outside in the spring or early summer with like sandals on, um, I does feel weird. Like I look at my exposed feet and I'm like, I haven't done this in like eight months. This is weird. It's odd. But then I get used to it. The other thing is, is like, I've heard that, whatever temperature your feet are like kind of radiates throughout the rest of your body. It's like the reason I can't wear or, or choose not to wear in most cases um, shoes and socks in the summer is because if my feet get hot and sweaty, of which they do get quite sweaty, then the rest of my body is just following suit. So, Dude,
1: it's the yeah. extremities, man. It really is. Well, so here's the thing, though. I think I need to clarify something about this again. <laughs> I am very much okay with letting your feet breathe. I think that like when I'm at home, I am almost always barefoot. If I'm on my porch, in my house, in my yard, whatever, you're going to be hard-pressed to find me without shoes on.
0: Is it the tension of the on? sandal?
1: It just, it just makes the feet a little bit too enticing when they're no. kind of covered? It's like when I go to the store and I see people's feet next to the produce and I see how disgusting they are, or when I'm walking around anywhere but a beach and see people's armpits and half their body in a muscle shirt uh you know dave's body i'm okay with seeing but you know they're just you know there are some bad examples i just i don't need that in my life now do what you want in your own home okay and honestly i consider this kind of our own home because we're here so often and we're free to do what we want so i don't have have a problem with them here but if if i if you go somewhere and you're not wearing shoes that cover your foot uh i respect you a little less. Yeah. I'll tell you something. I don't know if it makes you feel better or worse.
0: Um, I guarantee it's going to be worse if you're processing it that way. Yeah. So um, the covering of body parts and people will, it it is no deterrent from the disgustingness of humans Mm -hmm. Um, working in a food place um, specifically, or in an industry that has a bunch of people. I've seen some heinous shit uh, that people have been able to accomplish with shoes on. Sure. Um, You know, uh, people, people taking cherries, in the grocery store and putting their spit out pits back in them with the rest of the cherries for someone else to pick out. Right. um, You know, literally digging through huge piles of shit to then decide you don't want any of them after you've touched about two dozen things. Um, You know, there really is no end to humanity's disgustingness. Right. But all Um, you're doing
1: is reinforcing my point that if there is one thing, like, I think I tweeted several years ago that Congress needed to pass a law that people's feet could not be exposed in public. And what you're doing is is reinforcing people are disgusting. So why do I want to see their feet, which by and large, other than their genitalia, is oftentimes one of the least pleasant things to look at. You're just reinforcing it. People are nasty. Yeah, I just
0: think no amount, unless we're going full bubble boy, no amount of covering
1: can uh, can quench the human filth that is humanity. Okay. Um, Okay. this is the last thing I'm going to say about this, though. Well, at least for this conversation. If I said to you, you said, I'm dying of thirst. And I said, I have two cups here. And one has like a little bit of poison in it and it won't kill you. Uh But the other one has a lot of poison in it. Uh Which one are you going to pick?
0: It depends on how much liquid it is, I guess, and how thirsty I am.
1: No, no, the one's going to kill you and the other one's not. It depends
2: what kind of day he had.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's really kind of... You're asking the wrong guy. Well, what I'm saying,
1: (laughs) the, the comparison I'm making here is... Life without flip flops and sandals is hot. Even if there's a ton of disgusting people and they're doing disgusting things, Mm -hmm. that's the less poison
0: Mm.
1: and the, the, the feet viewing is the more poison. Mm. So, I mean, it's still, they're both bad, but one, you can like mitigate the risk a little bit.
0: Yeah. But then you don't get those, those beautiful car wreck moments when you can't look away from a foot that's a little bit snaggled, you know? Public. Sometimes you just gotta look. You gotta look at right in the in the soul of its uh uh, bunion. (laughs) (laughs) we you're not gonna get any really in the weeds here, aren't we? Yeah, you're not gonna get any movement from me. I've had a long day, people. Um appreciate y'all bearing with us. The feed talk is coming to an end. If anyone does happen to have a foot fetish in the in the Discord, I'm sorry for all the foot talk. I didn't mean to make you a little nervous. They're, They're not
1: sorry. They're just furiously jerking everything. Right they now. they <laughs> might
0: be in church. Who knows?
1: <laughs> Why are they listening to a
2: podcast in church? Uh, weirder things have happened? That's Speaking, sorry, I, I just wanted that reminds me of something. Um, our most anticipated game of twenty twenty two, Skull and Bones. While they were doing the oh review a couple of weeks ago, I made the mistake of opening the YouTube live comment section, and like at one point there were two of the female developers who were on screen and they were wearing sandals <laughs> and oh, the chat no. was freaking out because they could see her feet. <laughs> oh no. So, I hate the comment oh. section in some place. What you're, great, saying, but...
1: <laughs> what you're saying is that skull and bones is the sandal flip flop of pirate games. They, they the were just equipment.
2: interviewing the developers and she happened to wear sandals. And I'm like, I, it reminded me that I, I'm on the internet and people are, fucking weird
0: <laughs> is is ubisoft the quentin tarantino of uh, game developers i think Maybe. that's i think that's
2: accurate yeah
1: well since this is a video game show and we've now segued successfully in the video games you're welcome let's talk a little bit about <laughs> video games and i'll be honest with you guys this week's a little dry and you know we're not the type of people who go scouring the entire internet to find every little bit of morsel we can talk about we just find the things that are kind of interesting to us the first one is that Hogwarts Legacy, <laughs> uh, the game wrought with uh, distress and all sorts of uh, scandal, might release in early December. Now, this is a rumor, and this article comes from PlayStationLifestyle.net. It says, an updated art book listing on Amazon may have dropped a hint about Hogwarts Legacy release date. In Reddit, in a Reddit thread, Amazon UK customers who pre-ordered the art and making of Hogwarts Legacy exploring the unwritten wizarding world, reported that the placeholder release date changed from the book uh, from December 31st to December 6th, the latter of which is a Tuesday and that's when games typically release. Additionally, users received emails from Amazon UK confirming that the book's release date had been revised to December 6th. Uh, So we don't really know. I mean, uh, Avalanche and Warner Brothers have not confirmed or denied this, but they have continually reassured that uh, the game getting delayed into next year is not true, that it's still on track to release this year. And we also know that like uh, Gotham Knights art book, which uh, is coming out the same day as the game is confirmed uh, for that day, too. So like the art book will probably launch the same day. Uh, You generally don't see art books released before the game because a lot of times they have spoilers in them but it is possible i suppose so that's all speculation guys this really is just a discussion to talk about i guess we can branch into many things one we can talk about hogwarts legacy two we can talk about leaks and speculation and stuff like that dave let's start with you uh are are you still excited or have you ever been excited for hogwarts legacy and what do you think about the the potential release date
2: yeah I just to clarify this this didn't have a release date before but it was supposed to come out this year that was right. the okay cool yeah um no i I think it, having a game like this in December too just feels right I don't know about you guys uh Harry Potter to me just feels like a Christmas movie and I know all the movies have like a Christmas segment in it but uh yeah i I, I was excited for this game when we finally got like that full deep dive gameplay trailer um I'd kind of forgotten about it but uh i am still um sort of mildly anticipating this it's not it doesn't fall into the mid category as, mm-hmm. as the youths would say but uh, a little bit higher for me so um yeah no i i want to play this game i think december is a good time too because of you know we it, it gives itself some distance from like god of war and call of duty and all that other stuff so um, if this is the case and it is a December release, one, I think it's nice. It's coming around, around Christmas and it gives us a lot of time to play other stuff. So I think this is a smart move if this is the case. So, yeah, it's still it's still
1: high on my list, personally. Brandon, as someone who doesn't give a shit about Harry Potter, how are you feeling about the game?
0: Uh, I thought the gameplay was pretty interesting. Um, I think the dive they did earlier in the year was pretty neat. Um, I feel like this game has a lot of potential. I am slightly concerned about the lack of information we've got post that big reveal. Yeah. I feel like it's been completely radio silence since then, um, which makes me wonder if there's some issues. Um, but I guess we always wonder that when we don't hear anything, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's problems. Um, I just feel like if you are really confident about something, it would be likely that you would want to talk about it more. But sure. That's just me. Um, Harry Potter is one of those IPs that I guess they don't really need. I guess the studio isn't necessarily proven, but the IP itself will draw in people no matter what. Yeah. Um, So maybe they don't need the hype, but I feel like it would have been advantageous at this point with the end of the year lining itself up already to have had some sort of date and in such a weird way um, it be revealed. So I don't know. I'm not... I kind of wish they would just put it out in the open if it's been leaked and just say so. Right. I mean, game companies do that often, but um, I don't know. I, I genuinely could see this getting delayed till next year. Um, I would not be surprised at all um, if it was delayed. So- yeah,
1: I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I I have mentioned before that I like when developers don't announce a release date until they're sure. And like we just saw that recently with God of War Ragnarok where it's they announced the release date and it's coming in a couple months. Now, of course, they screwed up and, you know, two years ago said it was coming out uh, last year. But regardless, I'm hopeful that by them not really announcing a release date, that means that, you know, every day we get closer to the actual release date instead of getting a release date and then it changing three times. But right, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited to play it. I don't know that it's... I mean, Avalanche has proven themselves to me, at least. I'm sure that it's going to be a fun game uh, or a good game. I don't know if I'll like it, but I'm certainly interested to find out. And I like the I like the the Hogwarts world. Yeah. So for and, me, that's good.
0: And I'm pretty sure I've asked this last time. We've confirmed it's not, not multiplayer, right? It's a fully single-player experience. That's my understanding, no, yeah. I'm pretty sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've ever talked about any multiplayer pieces of it. I didn't so. think so. No. Brandon, that brings me to another question oh. is that... You mentioned that you weren't really interested in the franchise, and sure. you know that's a common thing with you. I mean, this is not a slam. Some people just aren't, but like you're not a Lord of the Rings guy, you're not a Star Wars guy, mm-hmm. you're not a Marvel guy, mm-hmm. you're not a Harry Potter guy. What do you like? Um, I feel like sometimes
0: things are made for the masses, and I don't enjoy things that are made for the masses mostly because they're they're oftentimes um, catered to people that have kids.
1: You're an iconoclast.
0: Yeah. So. I like uh, blood guts uh, and swearing yeah, um, and dark themes because a lot of life is dark. If you just take a look at history, right. um, you could see that very quickly. So so you like Assassin's Creed is what you're saying? I don't like Assassin's <laughs> Creed. <laughs> no, and even in some ways, I'm not saying that game isn't dark, but like, right. you're not chopping people's heads off. And I don't need that in a video game. I right. feel like there is a line that can be crossed sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just something about like the age of Ultron and like all of the like Marvel movies and stuff like that is like the epitome of consumerism to me. Like, like that is a package that everyone can consume and that's great, but that doesn't speak to me
1: at all. The, Um, uh, the the thing about that, and I agree with you about it. They're catering stuff towards kids, but I think just specifically with Marvel at least uh, is that even 20 years ago, maybe getting closer to 30 years ago now, you we were kind of a social outcast if you liked comic books or anything yep. about them, any kind of superheroes. Right. And I won't go into the full story here, but I remember there was a guy that uh, we did not have a good relationship and he used to mock me in seventh grade or sixth grade for having a, an Iron Man backpack. And I remember I knew the theater director, the theater manager or whatever. And when Iron Man came out, I got to go and they like let me go. They like told me to come when the show was starting and I could get in first because it was a buddy of mine. And I got there and that guy that I did not have a good relationship with was like, had been camped out in front of the theater for like a day or two. Jeez. And there's just nothing like that vindication. So it went from, it went from everybody hates this stuff to, if you don't like it, you're weird. And for me, that's always one of the reasons that I'll enjoy it. Because it's just like, I was one of the guys who liked it forever. Right. And then there was like that fulfillment of it for me. And it doesn't even matter if they're good anymore. I still like them. So
0: Yeah, no. And even like, like I watched the new Thor movie and they were like swearing in that. And there was like at a one point he's st- like somebody stabbed someone and gold comes out. So it's not blood. So they can get away with the PG-13 rating. But it's like you can have blood in PG-13. Can you? Yeah. Oh,
1: well, that's lovely. You can have titties in PG-13. No, oh my if It's art.
2: Goid. It's, I think you art. can drop one F-bomb or something.
1: That's it depends on the way it's used. You can get away with two unless they're using a sexual context. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. Here we go.
2: I, I know something Brandon likes. What's that? <clears throat> annapurna you love annapurna
0: i do like annapurna yeah. that's not really a franchise i guess but well, right. A, right. it's a thing he likes yeah. and see that's the thing too about it is, is is not everything is blood and guts but like sometimes i feel like things look like everything right and when an annapurna game comes out I, I feel like they have a knack so i guess i like things that aren't like things that i've seen before and
1: that that kind of holds some intrinsic value to me sure and i wasn't even necessarily referring to like video game franchises i was sure. just asking like what kind of but you're not really a movie guy either few and far between
0: i i struggle with media often i feel like once i latch onto a specific thing i kind of just like beat it to death yeah, yeah. um if you know what i mean uh, but
1: <laughs> i think i do
0: <laughs> no that is that's a good question i've actually thought that a couple times about myself is very few things actually feel like something that genuinely interests me right uh, and i think that's more of a problem with me than a problem with uh, media so uh
1: i don't know i don't know if it's a problem with you but it's a thing yeah all right well moving on to uh problems playstation has attempted to solve a few problems this comes from the playstation blog says that quote since ps5 launch we've been listening to your feedback and working every day to bring you more community requested features Today, we are rolling out a new PS5 system software beta. This is last week, by the way. That includes 1440 support, game lists, and additional updates to enhance your gaming experiences and make connecting with friends easier on PS5. While beta access is limited to invited participants, our goal is to bring these updates to our global community later this year. If you're selected to participate in the beta, you'll receive an email, yada, yada, yada. Um, So here are the features. New gameplay and personalization options. So that's 1440p HDMI video outputs. Um, which is a nice thing because a lot of people play on monitors and don't have 4K. Or some people who do have 4K, it's not true 4K, so the 1440p is actually a better image. Uh, game list. This mm-hmm. is an interesting one. In your game library, you can now create game lists, which make organizing your games even easier. To start, go to the Your Collection tab and select Create Game List. Choose games to add to your game list, then decide what to name it. You can have up to 15 game lists and 100 games per game list. All games under the Your Collection tab of your library can be added to a game list, including disc, digital, and streaming titles. You can also add the same game to multiple game lists. Uh, We'll talk about that. Compare 3D audio and stereo audio. You can now listen to and compare the difference between 3D and stereo audio on the same screen, and then choose your preferred setting. Easier access to in-progress activities. When resuming a game, in-progress activities are often shown prominently at the top of the Game Hub to make it easy and fast as possible to get you back where you left off. They've got new social features, uh, a request share screen. So now you can ask someone to share their screen, which is nice because how many times uh, have you tried to share a screen with somebody and can't figure out how because they move it around all the time. Joinable game notification. When you join a party and a party member is playing a game, you can join. You'll now receive a notification. You can view new friends' profiles. So when you accept a new friend in the received list, you can now view your new friend's profile, send stickers and voice messages in GameBase, uh, which I've never really understood Base. They didn't mention this, but I also saw recently that they took out the accolades feature, or they're taking out the accolades feature because no one was using it. Uh, if anybody forgets, that's the thing where you can like play a multiplayer game with somebody and then like give them a pat on the back and say, you're good at teamwork or
2: something oh yeah i got i got i got a couple of those i I, because i saw this news that accolades and i'm like i remember that being announced but i have no idea what it is
0: yeah did you guys ever get one of those from brandon the (laughs) only game i have ever got an accolade from is deep rock galactic and i've got multiple but that is the only game since my ps5 has booted that has ever gotten me in accolade was wow. that uh that might have been enough. the same
2: for me actually yeah rock. rock and
0: stone weirdly enough deep rock galactic so for carl boys we got a,
1: <laughs> a few things for carl. we got a few things here uh the 1440p the game list uh those are probably the most important things to talk about first let's talk about those and then we can delve into the other ones dave uh how's that how's that does that help you out any in your playstationing
2: it does because um I don't think I have a proper 4K display like anywhere that I have my PlayStation hooked up to. Um, So the fact that I will sort of get that in between is is something I like. Uh, I've said this before, but I'm really looking forward to a time that will probably never come where as long as you have like the, you know, the PlayStation 5 hooked up, you're going to get the absolute best picture possible. It's not all the, like, yeah, not that. this confusing, like, and it's been that way for years and years, back to like, you know, 720 and 1080i and 1080p and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this. Uh, the gameless thing is not something I think I would use personally, but, um, I like to see that Sony is making these changes and adding these little quality of life things in, um, and we're still relatively early into the, um, into the you know this new generation so it's it's a good sign to see these nice little changes coming whether you know it's something that you use or not um i just hope they are being driven by actual feedback and not some marketer saying you know this makes up a blog post so let's add this stuff in um but yeah i'm excited for the 1440p and i hope it uh comes as like a full release uh fairly soon because i want to play with that for sure
0: right Brandon. what about you Uh um I haven't really talked about this much, but I kind of do think um, some of the choices they've made for the UI and the game base are kind of ass. I just kind of deal with it, but sometimes the PS5 is more difficult than it should be to navigate Yeah, um, because I feel like they're trying really desperately to optimize it, but sometimes they take steps backwards. Um, Not that I'm saying the PS4 one was much better, um, but after years and years, they did hone it to a spot where I felt like it was acceptable. Um, So any change towards the UI in the better is good. And I'm really excited about the friends tab because I don't know, I agree with Ben. I feel like sometimes I go in and there's this new shit and I'm asking myself, why is this in here when you could have just made it more simple? And I feel like that's what I keep going back to over and over again is I want it to be intuitive and simple and they keep adding stuff everywhere that's good. Options are good, but in the end, simple is better. (laughs) So um, this is good. Um, I, I have a 4K TV, so I'm not really super intrigued by the 1440. But I think it'll be good for a lot of people. Uh, clearly, it's a it's a problem that should have been taken care of.
1: A while yeah, back, I mean, so. frankly, the console should have launched with it, but since yeah, it didn't, that's nice to have it now. Yeah, for me, the 1440p is actually kind of big because I have a 4K TV, but then I have a 1440p monitor uh, that's actually a decent sized monitor. It's at my desk. It's it's one of my computer, one of my three computer monitors, and I have played my PlayStation at my desk several times and would like to keep it there because you know i have kids i have a family i have to sometimes choose what games i want to play based on who's around like uh, for instance i was thinking about bringing out my this is a little unrelated but bringing out my uh, playstation tv and playing god of war the original uh, on my living room television i'm like well uh, I never know when David Jaffe going to put an extra titty in there or something, so I don't really want to play this in front of the kids.
2: <laughs> kids, you uh, got to go to the bed. I want to play this sex mini game for two hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: <laughs> or three. <laughs> try to beat my personal record. Um, so it's nice because I've not wanted to play my PlayStation on my on my very like it's an expensive, very capable monitor, 1440p, and I don't have a 4K computer monitor because. I just don't want to put that much. I mean, my, my system can handle it. I just don't need it for what I do usually. So anyway, the long story short is the 1440p will be a nice thing because I will feel less bad about putting my PlayStation at my, where my computer is and being able to play it there. The game list, I'm the kind of guy who I play a game and then when I'm done with it, unless it's like a an ongoing game that I'm going to play or multiplayer or something like that, I just delete it off the console, it's gone. But this sounds like if you can literally have hundreds of games per game list, I'm wondering if you're going to be able to put games in there that you don't even have on your system currently. Like, for instance, how many times have you been like, oh, I want to play a game. Let me look through my game library. And you look through and you're like, I have hundreds of games here, many of which I've never played, but I don't know which one to pick. Well, at the game list, maybe I could like throw five or 10 in there and like when I'm looking for a game and be like okay this is a game i know i want to play so i can hop in and play it instead of being overwhelmed by all the choices kind of like um xbox's play later thing you could select a game and add it to your play later list which i also don't utilize as well as i should but anyway so that's kind of intriguing to me uh the 3d audio and stereo audio is only partially relevant to me because i think we all know that 3d audio is better uh so i <laughs> you know it is what it is um i agree about the social features and stuff like that but Overall, I think it's good that they're adding these features. I just don't know why it took them so long, I guess.
2: If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Okay, so moving on, talking a a little bit more about PlayStation here, Uh, this comes from PushSquare.com. They're based in the EU, by the way, so these numbers um, potentially are somewhat EU-centric, but it says that nearly 80% of all PS5 and PS4 games are bought digitally. And that's a big increase over the previous quarter. Quote, physical enthusiasts should probably look away now because Sony has revealed that 79% of all PS5 and PS4 games sold during its latest fiscal quarter were for the digital version. Now they say all, so maybe this is including all regions, not just EU. This represents a dramatic increase for the start of the fiscal year 2022, a 13% boost over fiscal year 2021 to be exact, when two thirds of games were purchased digitally. In Q1 of 2021 fiscal year, digital purchases stood at 71%. The two following quarters saw a percentage drop to 62%, and then it returned to 71% for Q4. The beginning of fiscal year 2022 sees the statistic at its highest ever of 79%. Interestingly, the amount of monthly active users on PSN dropped by 4 million across the latest quarter, suggesting there are fewer people using the service, but more of that user base are taking the digital route. Um, Dave, you're not much of a physical guy, so I'll go to Brandon first. Brandon, you and I, we like our physical games and many of our our fathers before us also enjoyed their physical games, you know, Uh, so we're just carrying on the tradition here. How do you feel about the rise of digital game purchases? And I mean, this has been going on a long time, but this is the highest we've ever seen it. Right. We know um, I'm editorializing a little bit more than I should probably, but we know that there were fewer uh, digital consoles sold so that's an interesting number for sure that means plenty of people with disc consoles with disc ps5 specifically right uh are utilizing the physical or the uh digital option anyway cut to you how do you feel about uh are physical games gonna are they gonna be even harder to find than they are now
0: yeah i mean I could have foreseen this coming sure. <laughs> at some point now. I think we're really going to start to, even more so than before, something, a big complaint I've had is that game files are too fucking big. Yeah. Um, I think that, well, at least the games that I play, let's say that. Um, so I think that pretty soon as we continue to move towards the digital space, as we become dinosaurs even more than we already are at this point, um, I just want there to be more backlash. Because <laughs> I, at some point, would not mind to go fully digital. I want my physical stuff. I, I genuinely do. And I've been a huge um, advocate of physical games because we've talked about Abandonware. We've talked about it all yeah. um, over and over again. Um, but I feel like once we get developers on, on our side here, specifically ones like Activision, um, is the biggest uh, offender that comes to my mind. Um, I think people will be more apt to continue this on. Um, And I will as well, because I would love to not have to get up and put my discs in, even though I like looking at them. Um, But I can't feasibly do that with a lot of my stuff. And you say, Brandon, we'll just buy more storage. But like, that's not even the point to me. Right. Is, you know, one terabyte should be plenty for whatever games I want to put on there. And I'm not trying to put 20, 30 games. I'm not unreasonable. Um, But I feel like there has to be some turning point for digital games, uh, specifically really, really highly commercial digital games yeah. to where even games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm positive is probably pretty big. Yeah. We're probably talking like 80 gigabytes if I had to guess. So like, that's just a lot of retail space. Um, and I hope we either continue to optimize digital games um, or I don't know, maybe they'll just start selling them with more memory. But I just feel like if I had a PC, I wouldn't even think twice about, about buying a physical game. It wouldn't even be a thing. It's just a console thing for me. Um, yeah, but yeah. I feel like that goes back to the memory. I don't know. I'm constantly struggling for space on my hard drive. And um, I probably should just buy something, but
1: I've been holding out on principle um, and that's my own fault. So, Well, something you said there resonated is that if it's a game that I want, I'm like, oh, I'd like to own that physically. Yeah. That makes a decision for me a lot of times, unless it's like a, an exclusive to a to PlayStation. That makes the, the decision for me on whether or not I want to purchase it on Steam or Epic or whatever, or on PlayStation. Because, like, Ghostwire Tokyo, I knew I wanted to play, but I was like, oh, that's kind of a game I'd like to actually have. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it on Steam because then I won't have it. Even though I literally, like, the games I bought in, what was it, 1997 or 8 on Steam, or maybe it was slightly later than that, but whenever I started my Steam account, uh, however long I've had Steam, I've been getting digital games and haven't 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 thought about it haven't thought about it It doesn't bother me right but i think it's the fact that the option is there for me so if the option is there i want physical most of the time right uh dave you're a you're a digital guy you're you're mostly or maybe even all digital guy you've got a digital ps5 no disc slot in it how's it feel for you um it's
2: it's fine i i sometimes kind of look at you know, I'll be in the store and I'll see some physical games and I'll 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 like want them and then I kinda have a moment of disappointment where I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to put that in. So right. um, but I mean for me personally it's it's just become so difficult to even find physical games just because like GameStops and E B games have just been closing left, right, and center. So, you know, four years ago i had like three or four in my hometown of burlington now there's like one or two that i know of and they're not close right um so there's that the other thing is like you know 10 years ago i can remember like going to walmart and there would be like just the the prices were amazing like you could find really good games at really good prices and that just isn't the case anymore i feel like a lot of these games go into these big retailers and they stay at full price. I'm looking at them and I'm like, that game is like twenty dollars on PSN right now. So the digital part plus the scarcity or the oncoming scarcity of the physical has just made digital so much easier for me and for most consumers because you, you know, you, you don't have to go anywhere and and the I, I'm just a you know, kind of a, a value dollars and cents. Um, Gamer when it comes to purchases. So I bought the PS5 digital because I saved a hundred bucks and I was buying mostly digital anyways. Um, As I said, I do have moments of regret, but I'm mostly like okay with it because you know, my, my game purchases are now primarily impulse because I just go on PSN and I see something I like and I get it. Um, But I am looking forward to, I've I've kind of said this on the show before. So I have a series S and the reason I got that is because Um, I didn't want to spend all the money just yet on like the headline Xbox and I'm quite certain that we're going to get a mid-gen upgrade so I'm kind of looking forward to when that actually comes out and I can get it and it has a disk drive and I can start buying some physical games again because you know every once in a while I see them or if like there's a a collector's edition that comes with something cool like I'd like to actually be able to use that but I do kind of wonder
1: like well, the collector's editions be- mostly aren't coming with disc anyway right now. So. Oh, really?
2: Okay, well, th- yeah. there's that. But I, I also kind of wonder from like a business standpoint is obviously it's, it makes so much more sense for um, publishers to drive people to digital because they're charging us the same prices. But I have to assume the production costs are much, much lower. Like Ben, do you know the difference in doing a physical run versus just digital when it comes to a game? I don't know if it's Um, significant but i would assume it is
1: on a grand scale like a like a let's say a triple a release i don't know the exact cost uh or even like what percentage but i can tell you that i mean obviously you're gonna pay your 30 plus percent to the platform holder uh no matter where you sell it whether it's on uh physical or digital but on top of that then you've got to pay for the manufacturing of the disc and the case in the box so whatever that cost is also coming out of your bottom line. You you do make more money, I would assume. I have to, you, you, just by process of elimination, you have to assume you make more money on digital sales than you do on physical sales.
2: Yeah, so this is this is just, at the end of the day, they're charging the same prices and they're making probably a considerable, um, a lot more money per unit um so i i I don't personally think we have a lot of control on this so you know i've loved watching you and dustin do this collecting because you know if if you're starting to collect or thinking to start to collect now's the time to do it because this stuff is going to get really scarce and then i mean building off that is this going to be one of the last generations where we actually have a physical console um
1: yeah, we've said that the last two generations, and that yeah. I think it's more likely now than it's ever been before. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah.
2: it's it seems whether you like it or not, I think it's just the way that things are going, and and it's going to be more and more difficult as we move on to find physicals. So so well, yeah,
1: the, you know, I always say the Ouya was ahead of its time. It was one of <laughs> the first all all digital consoles. You know, it's just part of what's coming
0: and let's be honest the physical games have been dead for a long time look at the boxes it's a piece of plastic with the disc wrapped inside so and the disc only unlocks the digital download yeah yeah, yeah we so,
1: know that but it's still like i still like seeing. It. i still like seeing. yeah it. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> i don't know i will say that uh my real thought in all of this is this this is a giant conspiracy for sony to have more sales because they just came out with their own nvme drive that they approve uh so really they just want you to buy their hardware for your console to expand your storage and that's the end of it it's a conspiracy i called alex jones he agreed oh my god yeah so credit broke, credible source broke this one right open guys <laughs> uh while we're on the topic of uh playstation and sales in general we'll go to this from Eurogamer, and we've been talking about this off and on a little bit and we don't need to spend too much time on this but playstation 5 sales are largely flat as game sales fall sony is still To see its promised acceleration in PlayStation 5 production, the company's latest financial results show, during the three months ending 30th June, that's June 30th for all you Americans out there, Sony shipped 2.4 million consoles, only a slight increase on the 2.3 it managed during the same time last year. This contrasts with Sony's forecast for the year, during which it expects to sell 18 million consoles, compared to the 11.5 sold in 2021. Uh, I just clicked the button and the whole article literally just disappeared off my screen. Uh, oh no, um, I'm in a bad spot here. I can't, I can't get it. Uh, Sony has three remaining quarters to shift 15.7 million consoles, etc., etc. 2022 has now seen the launch of Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo 7, with God of War Ragnarok and The Last of Us Part One set to arrive this fall. They said autumn, I said fall. Sorry, Eurogamer. gamer. During the past quarter, Sony shifted 47.1 million. PS5, and PS4 games down from 63.6 during the same time last year. PlayStation Plus subscriber numbers are at 47 million, up 1 million from this time last year, though down 100,000 from the last quarter. Uh, as the cost of living, living Crisis Bites, have some users decided to end their subscriptions? Uh, so all in all, game sales are down. And there's a lot of things we can factor in here we could talk about. We've got, you know, they're down, but are they really down from pre pre-pandemic? because we know that sales went through the roof during that time where we we were all very much in our homes finding needing to find things to do. New people were discovering games. Stimmies. Stimmies, absolutely. Uh, We know that people were uh, more unable to find consoles, and now that it's been out almost two years, there's less of a drive for consoles because either people have them or they've moved on to something else. And we also know that there's not a whole lot of games coming out right now. At least there are a lot of games, but not these big tentpole games that we think of for like, you know, the, the game awards and stuff like that. They're, they're, they're smaller, you know, filler games that are coming out right now. So Dave, are, should we be concerned about the fact that game sales are down for the first time in a while and, um, hard- and subscription sales?
2: I, I don't think so. I mean, as you sort of echoed there, we're, sort of in a bit of a recession. Um, These things have been quite hard to find for a long time. So some people may have just checked out. Um, I know it's easier to find PlayStations now than it was before, but I think there just really hasn't been enough to coax a lot of people into um, getting, you know, that next-gen system. And we have to remember that Sony had a pretty specific strategy to launch their headline titles on both, ps4 and ps5 um so like a lot of people just don't even need to go out and get that console because um you know they've been able to play it on their older generation systems i hope that starts to change next year because i personally am getting a little antsy waiting for like real true next gen stuff yeah um but yeah i'm not surprised to see this but um as we know holiday is where things really pick up and we've sort of seen a resurgence of like big game releases in the early part of the year too. And I believe that's part of their fiscal year as well. So, I mean, even January to March is a time where you can see a lot of movement. So um, I don't think we need alarm bells yet, but uh, I personally would like to see a lot more, you know, next gen exclusives. Um, You know, I've already bought the next gen console, but I know if I hadn't, then that's probably what would drive me to, to make that decision finally. So time will tell, I suppose.
1: Brandon, are you buying less games now? Yeah, but not because I want to. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just think, I'm just going to echo what Dave said. Um, It's been kind of a dog shit year for video games. Um, Games like Elden Ring have held together the fibers of this lackluster game year. Um, It certainly won't go down in any sort of history books as one of the best. Even if individually there were some amazing titles, I feel like as a whole, uh, it's been very weak um that partnered with a general uh fear and or lack of money amongst most of the world sure um you know what are you going to get there so well we're not
1: in a a recession because they've changed the definition now so yeah Yeah. (laughs) whatever the fuck you want to call it me no money (laughs) that's what i want to call it No (laughs) money things cost more no games
0: (laughs) gas too high um but no no i don't gamers will rise up in the end um digital and physical alike <laughs> um and so i have no uh no worry in my brain yeah at all about this for sure so all
1: right only one other real story that i have and then brandon you have something too um this is just a very brief thing um Deadline reports that Tomb Raider rights are up for grabs after MGM exits and they're planning to recast Alicia Vikander, um, which is a crying shame because, well, I mean, we know why. But uh, so basically, MGM no longer holds the rights. This is for the film franchise, by the way. This is not for games, Um, although the games are trading hands here soon, too. And Alicia Vikander is no longer attached to the sequel. Uh, Guys, video game movies. They're going crazy right now. Specifically, you know, we're looking at potential new Tomb Raider movie stuff. Dave, are you a Tomb Raider fan? Are you are you a fan of video game movies in general? And is this uh, is this a good or bad thing?
2: Um, I could care less about this franchise in particular when it comes to movies. I love the games, I always yeah. have, but I don't think um, I've I don't think I've watched any of the movies. Like the Angelina Jolie movies, just look so cringy and corny to me that I I never even touch them uh the alicia yeah the the, the reboot seemed cool and my wife actually went and saw it with a friend um but i didn't go and i was expecting her to say big things but even she came back and she was like that movie was so meh um so yeah i don't know i I don't really have a a whole lot of um great experiences with video game movies that and i'm sure a lot of people are like that so yeah i it's neither here nor there for me sorry i know that was a very um that's good a very uh acg response to that but uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) brandon your thoughts are you so we've talked about you know you're not a big fan of franchises and movies and stuff what about tomb raider i've talked before
0: about uh, my issues with video game movies Uh um I think that they they just don't end up being pleasing in the end. Yeah. Um, and I think they're a big bet. Um, so I'm not surprised to see things changing hands and maybe things not happening at all. I'm not any any sort of upset about it, though. Um, if I was interested in a video game IP, I would just play the fucking game. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Tom Holland's great, but I didn't need that movie. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? So Yeah. Um, yeah, good riddance, I guess. Yeah. Sorry to see a good series. I mean, Tomb Raider obviously a legendary IP. Right. Um, potentially in some some difficult waters, regardless of the
1: the medium, but um, it'll all work out. Who would be a good Loracraft? That's maybe that's not even a question for us. Gal Gadot. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Somewhere, is- Phil. Somewhere, Phil.
0: Just like his spider senses kicked in. I know he loves Gal Gadot. He does. So. Brandon, you had a little story to talk about? Yeah, no, I just thought, I I just found it interesting. I'm not really going to go into the article um, almost at all. I just want to kind of riff and see what you guys think about this. Um, Now, this was a couple days apart. Um, I'm seeing this stuff of Sony talking about the acquisition of Blizzard Activision. Uh So they're saying that essentially they came out and was like,
1: yeah, there's really no bigger series than Call of Duty. Well, so let me just put a little preface on this for you. Sure. Uh, this was in the filings for the SEC and some other everything. They basically put out a list of questions to each company and ask them. And the the things you're you're going to talk about are their responses, the individual company's responses. So they're like, is, is it a threat to your ecosystem if they do this? And so, of course, Microsoft has to respond and say, it's not a threat because of all this stuff, and that's why we want to buy it. And right. then everybody else has to give a reason why it is a threat.
0: Right. So... In this article um, from Twisted Voxel, Sony claims that no publisher can create a franchise today that could rival Call of Duty. Um, so that's pretty much the long short of the entire issue here. Yeah. And I found that very interesting and very,
1: I agree with this take. Yeah, I do. And most people that know anything about video games should. And it's very self-aware of Sony to be like, look, we've got Horizon, but it ain't shit compared. Sure. To yeah. I mean, look, literally just look at the numbers. Right. Um, and then I'm seeing this new
0: thing today that um, Microsoft defends Activision Blizzard acquisition and claims the studio um, has no must-have games. Yeah. Um, and wording it in that way is obviously very subjective and ambiguous on purpose. Must-have is different for every individual. Right. But honestly, I this is such a bad take from Microsoft. I mean, honestly, I feel like Sony was very much in their place, and I agree with you, Ben. They can acknowledge the 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 bear in the room that is Call of Duty, that is World of Warcraft, that is, uh, you know, Blizzard in general. If you take a look at yeah, all those, King, isn't yeah. King a part of that? Isn't that Candy Crush? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. You know, so I guess must have is very subjective, but I just think it's funny that, you know, Microsoft's like, oh no, you know, like we're not buying anything, you know, n- nothing's a must have here, but I, I could literally take a poll of every gamer in the world, and take about a hundred of them. And I'd say about 75% of them um, would take call of duty out of another game. Right. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a bad look for Microsoft. I feel like, you know, obviously they're on the receiving end of this acquisition. So sure. They're going to kind of PR speak their way through it. Right. Um. But I don't know, man, I just feel like, you gotta be, you gotta be straightforward. You gotta be honest with yourself and the things you say. Um, and no amount of uh, meandering around the subject is gonna change the fact that Call of Duty is the biggest thing in gaming. Um, and pretty much is every single year after year. Right. So,
1: I have a lot of thoughts there, but Dave, I'm gonna let you go ahead and respond first. Wow. Yeah,
0: I, I'm, I'm with you um,
2: on that, Brandon. I the only thing allowed is I, I. I don't know. Some of the response I saw around this was, Sony looks like a bit of a whiny baby in this yeah. situation. But um, it's interesting to kind of see how this process works because we've always seen these big acquisitions are conditional, and I now understand that this is one of the steps that are it's it's taking to ensure that you know an acquisition doesn't turn um, you know free market competition into you know more monopolistic, but. I think it's moot because, um, you know, if this goes through, it is in the best interest for Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard to keep um, Call of Duty as multi platform and available to as many gamers as possible. So um, I unfortunately don't think it's going to have the effect that Sony is afraid that it will um, because it just makes way too much business sense to, um, you know, keep this from going exclusive because this is just such a huge series and you want to make sure that you get out to all gamers and remember you know regardless of what console it sells on Microsoft's still gonna have their pockets lined so right so yeah I mean that's all I think I have to add to that but uh it's it was definitely an interesting and weird story uh yeah that broke
1: so I guess a little bit of the nuance gets lost in these kinds of filings that then get picked up by video game outlets and the reality is this is all a song and dance. It's all a pony show because, you know, the the trade commission has to ask these questions because they're really investigating monopolies and unfair advantages and stuff like that. And of course, Sony and everybody else has to respond and say, well, no, you can't do that because if they don't really protect their rights to be able to do so, uh, to be able to contest that, then in the next case that maybe is more of a monopoly, uh, they can't do that and in the same way microsoft has to say has to contest that and say like no it's not a must have and really when you talk about like the words must have you're really talking about the legal definition of a must have it's like if for instance microsoft was buying the there isn't one but let's just pretend there's a there's a world in which one company makes all the controllers for every console and you can't play any consoles without those controllers and microsoft's buying them and playstation's like hey uh, if they buy them, they're they're buying the rights to a must-have thing. And then Microsoft has to say, like, yeah, they're literally must-haves. You you know, they don't really have a leg to stand on there because you really are taking away something that is quite literally a must-have. So when Sony comes out and says, like, Call of Duty is a must-have game, and I don't even know if they use that exact language, but when Microsoft responds, what they're really saying, they're not saying, like, oh, our games aren't that consequential. What they're really saying is, this is not jeopardizing or creating a monopoly because you don't literally have to have call of duty in order to play on PlayStation or right. to, for a PlayStation to be functional. Right. So I agree it's a bad PR look, but it's really all just legal speak. And yeah. it's really just, like I said, it's a song and dance. It's, it's a, you know, it's just a show for everybody. Um, it is interesting the way that it like those kind of legal filings get out and they become like uh, Twitter speak and everybody starts, you know, mocking them for things. But in my in my opinion, they have to kind of defend it that way and saying that these are not games that are must haves, because again, you're you're mostly talking to like the FTC who are probably not gamers. <laughs> and so they have to have a little bit of insight into the industry that comes through this legal speak. But that's just my thoughts on it. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I know enough to be dangerous <laughs> in these kinds of areas. So right. um yeah. But yeah, there's no there's no doubt that Call of Duty is is gigantic and um, PlayStation is probably fearful because they have admitted in this same filing that Call of Duty makes them like a, a, one of the most amounts of money of any third party. And also that like it's a huge driver because they've had the marketing deal all those years. So I'm sure, th- I mean, they have the marketing deal for the next few years, but I'm sure they're thinking about what happens in, is it 2025 or something when Microsoft can say, like on their commercials, we own call of duty. And then the average consumer is going to be like, Oh, I got to get an Xbox to play. Yeah. Call of duty. Yeah. And you know, I agree with Dave. It doesn't make much
0: sense for Microsoft at this point, at this point to s- not sell at other places, but oh, absolutely, yeah. with heavy hitters like halo, for lack of a better way of putting it going down the <laughs> shitter. Yeah. You know, you think that, you know, when you're, whenever you pay for your big guns, at some point you want to use those motherfuckers right. and only you can use them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to be next year or the year after that or the year after that. But,
1: um, you never know. Eventually they would, they would be silly to not bring it in house entirely and only sell it on their consoles. But, you know, there's also the very real reality that they're going to be making still billions of dollars on these other consoles. Right. No matter what. So Red. boys, let's talk time to talk about what we've been playing. But before we talk about what we've been playing, we need a puzzle update from Dave.
2: <laughs> uh, it's yeah, I'm almost done boys. So I don't know if I, I shared a picture on discord. I can't remember if I said this or not, but what I had done was like, there's a lot of water in this puzzle. So all of the, like there's, tons of pieces that are blue so i just took all of those out and put it put them back in the box and said i'm just gonna work on like all the other stuff that isn't water so i've done everything except the water um and i'm just kind of looking at it now and i feel like i could finish this like tonight if i really wanted to i'll probably wait till tomorrow but yeah i'm almost done boys i'm, nice. uh, I'm about there. to i'm about to roll creds on the puddle on the puzzle so are,
1: now are you doing this puzzle by yourself or are you working on it with your mom
2: uh no, I'm just doing it on my own. She's not okay. much of a puzzle person, but gotcha. uh, yeah, just, yeah, just me, just me. Solo run. Exactly. Solo run.
1: Any yeah. percent glitchless? <laughs> no, it has to be hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. What what else? Have you, what are you been playing? If anything?
2: Um. So I've been playing uh a little bit more Jedi Fallen Order, and um I'm an idiot because uh, I forgot that um these annoying um next gen ports have things called performance mode options in the uh, menu yeah. so I've, I've played like six hours in potato mode and uh i flipped on the performance mode again i didn't know it was there and man i love 60 frames per second it's so, <laughs> yeah. nice. It's
0: so nice it makes
2: such yeah. a difference but uh, and it's cool too because it's 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 on the ps5 my, my my other experience with performance mode was with forza horizon um 5 on the series s and that looked wow. Or that, like, in just default mode, it's great. Um, but then when you turn on the performance mode, like, for me, there was a serious hit in in visual fidelity. Uh, yeah. Frames were great, but... So I kind of shied away from it. But anyways, um, so yeah, still working on that, having a lot of fun with it. Um, I also played... Um, uh, Shredder's Revenge a little bit this week. Oh, um, nice! Yeah. Is that what it's called? T.J.'s Mutant total Shredder's Revenge. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I love how short the levels are too, and and there's a lot of like replayability if you want to go back and and get the collectibles and the secrets or like the challenges were nice and varied too. So like, yeah, I I'm not like a, um, a platinum guy or like a hundred percent gamer score guy, but what I liked about like the challenges in each level is it actually forced me to learn different moves and sort of diversify my um my attack so i wasn't just mashing the attack button the whole time so i really like that about it but yeah it's it's so um nostalgic and uh, i just played alone for a couple hours but um i would like to go back and play it with somebody else and i've got you guys and a couple friends who are playing it so uh, i am gonna make a point to do that and um yeah,
1: before i before p- you move on. I w- I would love to hop in with you. I um I played through the whole thing solo and then I hopped in just uh and played it once through with my buddy Justin, but I'd love to get like a whole squad. I think you can play with six people. Yeah. I'd love to fun. just get a whole squad and yeah. We should
2: do that. Maybe put it out on the Discord and see if some people want to link up. But um yeah. I also played um Power Wash Simulator. Have you got Ben, have you heard about this game? Have you no tell me about before? it, Dave? It's, just... I haven't really heard about it's this. um Man, so, okay, I, I said this in the Discord, but I kind of want to reiterate it. I love the first level. I thought it was perfect the way they just give you a van, and it happens to be your van, and you learn the basics. I think I finished it in like 20 minutes. Um, but why the second level was like as tedious and large as it was, I don't understand. Like that, that first the level, yes. Okay. And it's so big and it like that first level took me like 20 minutes the second level i'm pretty sure took me an hour and a half and i sat there and i did it in one sitting just because like it's the kind of game where once you start you can't stop and by the time i finished it i almost uninstalled the game but i just said fuck it i'm just gonna turn off my xbox and walk away from it but then i couldn't stop thinking about it (laughs) i wanted to go back and clean some other stuff so i jumped back in i played a little bit more and i think that was kind of enough for me but The other problem with it is, is like, Ben, the way you were talking about it last week or the week before when, you know, you were saying it's sort of my shutoff game. So I'll just sit there, put on a podcast, put on Twitch and just power wash. Like the setup I have right now is not good for that. Whereas like if I was playing this at home where I have like my Xbox just on my desk and I normally have another screen up that has Twitch or something. Like, I think I would enjoy it more, but I think the setup I have right now just wasn't as conducive to just sitting there and 100% focusing on just power washing. But yeah, um, it was kind of entertaining because my mom walked in the room at one point and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm playing a video game. She's like, you're just power washing, though. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is this is a video game and it's oddly satisfying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so that's what I've been playing. I need to ask you a couple things, Dave.
1: Okay, and I totally understand. I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much if I weren't like multitasking, watching or listening to something as well. But did you try different attachments, like different nozzles and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the second thing is, did you find the button? That enables you to not like move your whole body back and forth. It just lets you move the power washer back and forth?
2: I did. So two things there. One, I did cycle through all the nozzles and I, I would try them regularly, but I found that I stuck with one nozzle the whole time. Like there's the one that has the really wide angle of spray, but it just it was so weak that yeah. I just thought it was just go with a mid-tier one and, and stick with that. Um I did find that other thing and uh I kept I, I forgot what the button was to actually trigger that um and i kept thinking about it but i was too lazy to open the menu and look so i just kind of kept doing the thing where you uh so i think what you're suggesting is go back in and try it with that and it makes it well make i'm
1: difference. not not necessarily suggesting that but i will say it's a game changer okay. for me because i played like probably half the levels without really utilizing that and then once i started using it things just went so much faster and I felt like I'm not really a motion sickness guy, but I felt like if you are a motion sickness at all or you just don't like wiggling back and forth on the on the screen constantly, that that really helps that because you can like look in one place and still power wash a whole bunch of stuff at the same time. So I would encourage you to give that a shot. I I agree about the nozzles until you get more powerful washers, power washers. um, It's not really conducive to use the wider spread ones like i don't think it's good to use them the main like the just the single bead of line but the next one up from that is like where it's at that's the the primo one until you get like the top two or three power washers that you can purchase uh and upgrade to and then the other ones do a little more because they have more power behind them so got it yeah don't delete it off your console all right just you
2: know okay well i'll keep that in mind and i i will try it again i promise
1: speaking of suggestions i've given you to make games better have you tried the remapping thing with Cuphead yet?
2: No, I haven't played it since we talked okay. about it. So um, I'm, I'm,
1: I, I've been really anxious to hear about how that goes for you to see if it's because actually, my son, who's already pretty good at it on like a regular controller, like he's played Cuphead on on the Xbox a ton, but he wanted to buy it for Switch so he could play it like with, without hogging the TV. Or actually, I kind of told him, like, you're hogging the TV from your brother. He's not, you know, whatever. So he wanted to buy it on a Switch. So I split the cost with him because it's on my account. So we're worth it. And he was having a hard time, and I was like, "Switch the switch the controls to the way I had them on the TV." So I, I switched them around for him, showed him how to do it, and he was blasting through levels uh, faster than he had been. So I so definitely again, think it's, it-
2: it's it's put parry on right bumper or right trigger.
1: Uh, either one, whichever you're more comfortable with. I just okay. think that having either parry or jump on a button that is not a face button, so you don't have to move your thumb. uh to do one or the other is the better move whatever feels more right to you i think is the you know it's it's just silly to have all those buttons on a on your fit on the face when uh you have to do things so quickly and like almost without thinking about them at certain points like you just have to be able to do it so to be able to move your thumb from one place to the other is going to cost you in the long run so yeah
2: okay cool i will let you know
1: all right let me know Brandon, I know you said that you've had a bit of a lackluster gaming week, but I know you've been playing a couple of things. What are they? Yeah, no, I, I'm i in a bit of a lull. I feel like
0: a lot of the games I've been playing, I'll play for a little bit and I'm not getting the serotonin I need to continue to play. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and, and that's, once again, I've said this multiple times, but that's more of a problem with me. Sure. Um, I've been playing a little bit of God of War Ascension. I think that's my biggest sticking point is that I don't like that game. Um, But I've put enough hours to be most of the way through it. And so I've struggled to complete it. Um, I'm looking forward to going to God of War 3. I think I'm going to like that a lot better. Yeah. Kind of sticking to the original formula a little bit closer. Um, But I'm continuing to play Stray. Um, That's an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, Just so pretty. Just so, so beautiful. And the soundtrack is banging. Uh, Multiverse has been something that I've continued to play as well. I'm excited about some of the leaked characters. I hope they come true. Potentially some Rick and Morty, potentially some Walter White. Um, Warner Brothers even owns like Mortal Kombat and everything. So nothing's really out of the bag. They got a lot of IP. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see how that progresses. That feels like a full game, and I love that. Um, so uh, honestly, not too much else. I really want to play something else. A little bit of Fortnite, I guess. I've had some wins. This season's pretty good. Right. Um, but normally at this point when i have a lol call of duty would be filling this void but i don't fucking like vanguard yeah. i re- i really don't like that game i just and it's not bad but i don't know i recently saw something from i don't know if you guys know who scump is he's a yeah. professional player mm-hmm. he was talking on a podcast and he was like yeah literally every time i go in the game in v- like like post cold war um, which I guess is just Vanguard at this point. He says it feels like almost every time I play the game, it feels different. Yeah, and that is my biggest problem with everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I get they've they've honed this craft of perfectly balancing, haha. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it just it's not intriguing. And I'm not going to put all my all my baskets into Modern Warfare. All my eggs into Modern Warfare's basket, but might save the day. I'm going to leave a couple out. Yeah. So cool.
1: Uh, for me, I've been playing a couple things you've been playing. I played a little bit of Fortnite. Um, so I was streaming with a couple of friends and the one friend was, she was like, there's no way I'm playing any more C of tonight. I just can't. So, uh, so to my chagrin, I switched off the of C of Thieves. We switched over to Fortnite, played a little bit. Uh, We won a couple, but got our asses kicked mostly because squad mode is just tough. For me, I'm just still not that good. And, and it's fine because I don't play it that much. But I, I still enjoy hopping in, especially the no build mode. I don't think I can ever go back. To
0: the yeah. Build mode. Yeah. It's just not the same. The skill ceiling is too high. And yeah. I, I really don't like it enough to put put that effort in. I don't yeah. know about you. But... Well, I mean,
1: I think that's why we kind of quit playing when we did uh, back in the day. Yeah.
0: And I liked it for the time being. It's right. just like at some point when you never have stopped building since the beginning of the game. Right. It's like, yeah, you're better than me.
1: Right. I get it. Yeah. You know, exactly. I might have a better shot, but I guess you could build a wall. Uh, I don't have a lot to elaborate about on this, but you and I did play some multiverses last week, and I played it a couple times um, with you, and then once by myself, and uh, I'm not a huge fighting game guy, I know you are, but uh, multiverses is a lot of fun, it's free to play, Uh, it does seem like there's some some gimmicky stuff going on with um, wanting you to purchase things, so... That's a little bit disheartening. Yeah, although I did find that there's like a daily bonus.
0: If you win a single match within 10 days, you can get a free character. So,
1: Oh, yeah. oh well, shit. Well, either way, it's, um, it's fun. I like yeah. it. It's yeah, no, it's good. It's definitely great for free-to-play. It's one of those that I could see leaving installed and hopping in just for like a couple matches a week or something. Absolutely. Uh, I've got kind of a long lineup here, but not really a substantial lineup, I guess you could say. The Lost Vikings is a game from like the early 90s that was originally on... And DOS and Super Nintendo, I think. And then they did a Lost Vikings 2. Uh, it was Blizzard. I'd forgotten about this until I saw the cart at a retro show I went to. And I didn't want to buy it for the original hardware, although maybe I will uh, eventually. But it's a game I played a lot as a kid. And my dad and I would sit and play it. Uh, and he'd help me out. Basically, you're three Vikings, and you each have different abilities. One is uh, able to jump, one's able to use a shield and like uh, float. And the other has a. Um, like float when they're falling and the other has a bow and arrow and a sword and it just brought so much nostalgia and joy back that i just kept like just kept playing it i so it's free you can go on blizzard's website and install it for free it's probably like 10 meg or less i would assume most of that's the wrapper it's in but uh it's a lot of fun it's a great retro game i'd encourage anybody who can to like at least look up a video it's certainly dated and i mean it is 30 years old at this point but uh it's it's, it was a blast and it was just fun getting to hop back into that. Uh, I've also, I don't think I talked about this on the show, but I I think week before last, I played a little bit of Naraka Blade Points. And it's a game I wanted to check out when it was on Steam, but I didn't want to spend 40 bucks on it. And so it came to Game Pass. I popped it on the PC. And it's essentially a 60 player battle royale, but you're using like some powers and knives and like uh, essentially you are a ninja, I guess, kind of. And. You've got a little bit of range, you've got a little bit of melee, everything's there. And I think I'm mostly playing against bots so far, and maybe a couple players mixed in, but it's a lot of fun. And I want to go back and check it out, but I, it, you can do it in squads of three. You're always in squads of three, as far as I can tell. Uh, there probably is a solo mode, I just hadn't unlocked it yet. And uh, I want to check it out with some people I actually know, instead of like randos or bots or whatever. I just want to mention it since I've touched it and see if anybody in the Discord is, has been talked about it. Uh real quick Forza Horizon 5, I finally went back and got the uh the Hot Wheels DLC cuz I was playing Forza with a friend, I'd never played co-op before and I was like, "You know what? I want to check out the Hot Wheels DLC cuz looks like a lot of fun." It's phenomenal, it looks amazing. Uh the, the tracks are really cool. I've played most of the the Hot Wheels campaign and I'm excited to get back to that uh when it comes around. Uh and then the biggest thing is As Dusk Falls. This is a Game Pass release. It's a very comic book style uh, artwork, I guess you could say. Uh, really deep story with a lot of like choice and consequence. Like every choice you make in the game, it's and it's basically, for lack of a better word, a walking sim, you know, narrative style game where you know it's all still frames pretty much, but then you make decisions and everything. That's not my normal style of game, but I did enjoy it a lot. I like the characters. The acting is really good. The fact that when you make a decision and you see a result that you can tell was a result of that decision is nice because so many games give you options to make uh, decisions and then you make them and nothing happens. And then it also has the like Detroit Become Human style branching paths at the end of each level or each chapter, uh, which is super cool. So it's on Game Pass. Uh, it, even if it's not your style of game, it, maybe we'll give it a shot. Um, it's really well done. And hopefully they, uh, they do a little more and maybe even add a little more uh, to the art style, to the, to the presentation style. The art's beautiful, but the presentation is just, you know, still pictures. Pretty much. That's not my that's not normally my style. The last thing I want to mention is that uh, a lot of people know I've been going to a lot of retro shows and stuff with Dustin. And um, I used to be really into retro collecting. As a matter of fact, I have most of the retro games that I really super wanted and always you can add to a collection. But I didn't want to just collect everything for a console or whatever. So I decided that it's because I'm such a huge Duke Nukem fan, at least Duke Nukem pre forever, that I wanted to collect every Duke Nukem game uh, across every console, every version of each game, every region of each version, because I'm an insane person. And uh, so I've been on that hunt lately, found a couple here and there, um, found some that that were you know overpriced and didn't buy them at a show last week and brandon was with me there yeah yeah it was was a good time yeah it was a good time but i I just wanted to put that out there if you are uh if you are listening and you're in the discord or wherever if you can get a hold of us and you happen to have some old games lying around or whatever i will gladly pay you for them uh of course they got to be reasonably priced but um i'm looking for pretty much anything duke nukem if it's related to Duke Nukem, I I, I want to collect it. If it's a game, if it's a action figure, if it's a poster, if it's a strategy guide, let me know what you got, how much you want for it, and we'll work it out. So that's pretty much all I have. That wasn't really what you've been playing, but that was just kind of I have been play. I did jump in and play the original, original, original like 1991 Duke Nukem um, just for fun the other day, just on DOS. Uh, just like downloaded it for free off a shareware site or something. So. And that's how it was originally presented, too. So it wasn't like I, I didn't pirate it, but I would have. I don't care. So that's about it for me. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Boys, for for having nothing to talk about, we talked about a lot there. I know. We that's how it goes. always goes. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. I mean, we, we try to keep the show around an hour, and sometimes we fill up uh, 15 minutes of it with foot talk, and that's totally okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it happens.
1: It happens.
2: I just I want to add one thing in case you missed it. Um, some degenerate uh modded stray on pc so that cj is now the cat cj uh-huh. from grand theft auto san andreas so uh i don't want to live in this world anymore <laughs> i don't know if you've yeah. seen it but it's terrifying I have it. yeah
0: all you had to do was follow the damn
2: train kitty <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've seen uh garfield mods and everything else too so yeah. but the cj
2: was too far
1: it's just it's too great. far
0: <laughs> The smoke's going to be pissed.
1: <laughs> hey, if you're not supporting us already and you want to, you can go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Support us at the dollar or up level. For a dollar a month, you get ad-free early access all the time. For the $3 level, you get uh, extra dark or extra dark. You get extra content with After Dark, which we normally record about once a month or maybe stretch it out a little further sometimes. But either way, if you are a $3 patron or above, you get um, early access to that show. And then for $5, you can be a producer and have your name at the end of the show and a special badge in the Discord and everything like that. Speaking of the Discord, you can join the Discord by going over to handsomefandom.com slash Discord and hop right in, be a part of our family for free if you want. You can, I mean, yeah, you don't even have to be a patron for that. And uh, chat with us, talk about Dave's Puzzle and Power Watch Simulator and whatever else, whatever other kind of degeneracy we come up with in the meantime. I think that's it. That's, that's it, all the man. that's like the announcements. That'll be it. We do the announcements at the end of the show because we don't actually want people to hear them. Because <laughs> no one listens to the, Apparently. End of the show. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's okay. That's fine. That's fine.
1: Thank you guys. Thank you for everybody who does support us, who listens, who is a patron, all that kind of stuff. We appreciate that very much. And uh unless anybody else has anything to say, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Put on your tank top, take off your sandals, live your life how you want. I don't care. I just don't want to see you. Goodbye. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 or above level, and we appreciate their support. Wormhat, Toby Ryland, Charles Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Brian, Nuke Dukem, and Derek O.